You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Friday, December 18th, and with it being Friday, we're going to get you ready with Jenna Hart from Channel 11 WPXI. She's back gracing our airwaves. But we have a lot of things to talk about, namely one, the question that has been posed, that was posed by Booger McFarland and carried over into Ben Roethlisberger's press conference, are the Steelers soft? Jenna and I tell you why that's not the case. Then we get into our week 15 picks, and then finally, our predictions for Steelers versus Bengals on Monday Night Football. All that and more on today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. I like to watch this season when I'm going over game footage to see how TJ Watt gets a lot of his sacks. When I do, I like to drink a nice cold Pepsi. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through your game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Let's get into it. All right, everybody, it's the Friday episode of the Locked On Steelers podcast. We made it to the end of the week. Ah, it feels good. It feels so good. I actually got like eight hours of sleep, which was great, which was great. I needed that because it's been a long week with lots of pit things I had to cover for DK Pittsburgh Sports, where you can subscribe for $4.99, dollars a year. But all that aside, the Steelers play Monday and we get a lot to we got a lot to talk about here. Got our predictions for all the game this weekend. I say we because I'm not alone. I've got Jenna Harner on on us with us for this great show. Jenna Harner, channel of WPXI. Jenna, welcome back as always. How are you doing on this Friday? Oh my goodness, we made it to Friday. It's so nice. You can just take a breath. I'm like, man, this week has been in a weird way really really nice i don't know why maybe it's just because it's like they don't have a short week ahead of them you know this is it feels like we're almost back to normal in a weird sense even though they do play on monday yeah that's the thing is that this is the first time it's been you know a sunday to a monday or like you know like it's still it's still not sunday to sunday football but this is you know we're not talking about you know having a ridiculously short week or rebounding from a ridiculously short week this is more like what the season is supposed to be. So um, totally get that feeling. But I wanted to talk to you about the notion that was first said by Booker McFarlane and has been talked about ad nauseum across all sports radio that involves the Steelers. Are the Steelers soft? Because if, if you're not familiar, Booker McFarlane, guy who used to be Monday Night Football, now he does like the countdown stuff. He said, you know, he feels like the Steelers line has gotten soft. And then Marquise Pouncey came back at him over Instagram saying, well, that's why you're not in the booth anymore. And I was like, whoa, that's a little harsh. Um, but hey, uh, and then uh, and then eventually Ben Roethlisberger said this comment, Jenna, um, and I brought this, brought this up yesterday on the show, but I, I, I wanted to hammer more into this subject here. He said, ben, ben said, when you talk about physicality, that's where everyone ought 
automatically looks talking about the offensive line. He said it naturally falls in that area, but I don't think all the fingers should be pointed there because the line takes it personally being physically tough and mentally tough in your mind. I don't want to lose track that it's not just about them. Sometimes it's a running back that has to put his head down and beat the guy in the hole. Sometimes it's also about not stepping out of bounds. Jenna, to me, that seemed like either a shot or a call out of his running backs and his receivers because they also can run out of bounds. You hear that. What goes through your mind as far as Ben either defending the line or attacking other people or just kind of just being like, hey, you know what? We do got stuff to work on. I think it's just kind of that. I don't entirely want to say like call to action, but basically like, a, hey, as an offense, we have a lot that we need to fix that is a big problem area for us now that necessarily wasn't a big problem area earlier in the season. And of course, all these guys are going to say, yeah, we're physically tough. Of course they're NFL players. That's what they're going to say. But I think there's been like Ben mentioned, there's been some of those moments that if you like pause the film and look at directly, you can be like, Oh yeah. And again, it's one of those should have, could have, would have type of things. Like in the moment, it doesn't seem like, it's a huge thing, but it was also really interesting kind of tying this together a little bit. We heard from Micah Fitzpatrick on Thursday saying they really need to get back to being very detail oriented. And I think that's where a lot of this stems from. I think this kind of comes into play in terms of, you know, making the little plays, doing the little things. And it was interesting to hear from Minka's perspective. He was saying to the extent of, you know, we've been banged up a little bit, you know, we've had some short weeks, none of that's an excuse, but like, that ties into it. So he wasn't going to shy away from that. And I think that's ties back in and kind of pulls this all together in the sense where like this team knows that there's things that they have to work on and there are, you know, plays that they can make that they should be making that they haven't been making. And I think it might be a little bit of Ben being like, Hey, our receivers need to catch the ball. And it's kind of an interesting parallel because the last couple of weeks leading up to it, we've heard him take all the responsibility mm-hmm. and say, you know, I need to throw better passes. This is on me. I need to play better. And I think this is kind of the whole team saying, look, Hey, we all need to do a better job of supporting each other. We all need to be helping each other out because at the end of the day, that's what the team sport of football is. But I think they realize that like, these little things all need to tie back together and they need to each, I mean, you hear all the time, like the one eleventh, doing the one eleventh part of your own part. I think they need to continue to do that because that's where we've seen some of these problem areas here in the last couple of weeks. Absolutely. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's where I wanted to go with this topic of softness or whatever. To me, the issue that the Steelers line and the team had has been more of a detail issue because I don't think that there's, any sense that Marquise Pouncey has gotten soft or David DeCastro or, I mean, really any of the linemen or even any of the receivers like Juju, you know, and them now Eric Ebron's reluctance to block as, as, as efficiently. Again, I look at it as a detailed thing, not a lack of, I want to get these things done. It's more of a, Hey, I needed to get this thing done and I missed, or, you know, like when I look at the offensive line, I'm not concerning myself with, you know, you know, oh, were they the tougher guy there? Toughness is often determined by doing all those little things and keeping doing them despite the situation, right, Jenna? Because as a lineman, your job, start low in your stance. Make sure it's wide. Step on the right foot at the right time. Use your hand to get inside. Win those hand battles. Make sure, again, that you're in sync with your team and that you're, do- you're doing the right assignment to win your point in the ball and whatever cha- you know chain that you're in for blocking. That's where I think the Steelers have been lacking um, especially on, on the, in the running game at times. Now, granted, like I've, I've said for, a, for quite some time now, 
a lot of it is because teams are flooding that area and it's tough to to win those battles when that's not your strength and teams are are, are throwing everything they can to stop you know the underneath passing and the running game but you know, that's I guess the biggest thing in here is that you know this team has pride has put pride in itself about how it has been detail oriented I mean we saw in its win streak, there were several times where teams would try different looks and the Steelers would be prepared for them. Or if they got hit with it once, they would not get hit with it again. And I think in this stretch of three games where it's, they, they did win one of them, um, you've seen some of that detail kind of slip away. Um, and like you said, part of it's injuries, part of it's COVID, part of it's short weeks, all that stuff lined up. Um, and now you get these results and I, I think what's cool about this, Jenna, is that, you know, and Ben Roethlisberger saying it on Wednesday, there's, they're not in panic mode. They're, they recognize it's very fixable. And I think at the end of the day, too, you have to look at it. And, like, this is still an 11-2 football team. Yes. I think that is one of the most mind-blowing things. Yes, these three games have not been great by any means. There's been solid parts where you can point to and look at things. Like, the first half of the Bills game – defensively I think was a very solid performance they held like seeing the reaction from Buffalo media being in Buffalo they were like this is the worst half of football we've seen from this team all season long and that was a team that lost to the Chiefs and lost to the Titans the way that they did um but I think it's just so interesting the national conversation around like is this line soft because I think the question I think this is just me kind of projecting a little bit but I think the question they want to ask is like why is the run game struggling so much? Why, like, why are the problems with these offense? And I think that's kind of where they're funneling it to. And I don't think that's the case at all. I mean, none of these guys are, you know, quote unquote, soft or, you know, not physical enough by any means. Again, you look at two, I think one of the most interesting things, this was the first game in how many games that the um, opposing team sacked Ben, it was at least like, or four or five maybe? I think it was five games. Yeah, five games. So clearly they're protecting their quarterback. That's the number one, like, mm-hmm. thing that the offensive line does in, you know, arguably. Um, but it's just so funny to me that, like, this is the conversation where it should be, like, what are the problem areas? Instead, they're like, oh, is the Steelers' offensive front soft? It's like, no. that's I don't know. I just think it's like sometimes there's conversations to have conversations. I just think it's such – it's not the point that they wanted to hammer. I agree entirely. Also, I would never walk up to David DeCastro and tell him that he's soft. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, not, no, no, not, no, not my idea of a good time. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> but, uh, but thank you, Jenna. All great points on your part there. Do you think the Steelers are soft listeners? Because if you do, I think you got something wrong with you. But hey, maybe you, maybe you disagree with me. Hit, hit, hit me up on the Locked On Steelers Facebook group. We we got over nine hundred and sixty other loyal Steelers fans in there, as well as people that are on this show. You can ask people in there. In fact, I'll put up a poll: Are the Steelers soft? You can you can hit up that for uh, for this show. Also, you can hit me up on Twitter at Carter Critiques. Hit me up there to ask the question. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back. It's picks time. Jen and I are gonna go through all the games. For, for Sunday, before we get to the Steelers game on Monday in the third segment. All that right after this. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Jenna Hunter of Channel 11 WPXI here in Pittsburgh. Jenna, it's time for picks. I believe neither of us really gained ground last week. I think we both finished with an 11-4 and four record in our picks, which means you still have the percentage uh of uh advantage of our total picks i think i have a slight advantage if you do just the weeks that we picked i'm not sure which is the number we're using but 
we got people in that in the locked on Steelers Facebook group that are counting that. So thank you for those. Um, but all right, let's roll into our first games. And actually, I was incorrect when I said there are some Saturday games this week. Um, and including the team that just beat the Steelers, the Bills, 10 and 3 at the 5 and 8 Broncos. Broncos been a little surprising lately. They gave the Chiefs a good run and then they play, play they played better last week. Um, I'm still picking the Bills, but Drew Locking them, they was always like, What's what's going on there? I'm I'm with you. I'm still I'm I'm picking the Bills because obviously there's not a reason right now to pick against them with the way that they've been playing. This is also the chance for the first time. Oh, it's either 99 or 95 that they they if they win this game they can clinch the AFC East and just the implications there are like okay this is the game that they should win but the Broncos might make this a game they made it a game against Kansas City um, I'm gonna be really intrigued to kind of see how Denver's defense holds up against Josh Allen and the Bills offense but I think that the Bills should win this game I'm right with you there. Um... We got another game. This one's, uh, I think, is also kind of a gimme. Uh, four and nine Panthers at ten and three Packers. Packers are on a run. Aaron Rodgers up for the MVP award. I just gotta go with the pack. I don't see them losing at home to these guys. Yeah, not whole. Aaron Rodgers at home in the month of December. I just you can't bet against it. It's night football on Saturday like that in itself is just gonna be such a fun game. The Panthers have kind of shown again they're up and down this season. I don't entirely. It's week. What week are we in? Fourteen. 15? 15, 14, and it was like one of those. I, I, get, I don't know what day it is at this point. No, I just. Um, <laughs> I like do the records in my head, and I'm like, oh, yeah, no. yeah. Um, so week 14, but I don't entirely know who still this Panthers team is. And Green Bay, with the way that Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams have been playing, it is very hard to pick against them. So, gotta go Green Bay. Right with you there. Uh, let's move along. Another game I think is a gimme. We got a few of these before it starts to get dicey, but. Uh, Buccaneers at Falcons, NFC South showdown, the Buccaneers, they need to win this game to, you know, keep their position to make the NFC playoffs. Um, Falcons, they, they, they've been weird since Raheem Morris took over. They looked a little bit better, but I still pick the Bucks just because I, th- I think that they got the guns to win this at eight and five or the four and nine Falcons. Yeah. And then coming off their win over the Vikings, what was it like 28, 26, 14, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Coming off that win, the Falcons have been showing like signs that they're not an entirely horrible team this season. Um, but I just think that Tampa's the stronger team here. They have the better offense in this one. Matt Ryan has kind of been not terrible by any means this season, but just kind of not really consistent. We've seen what they've done with blown leads um, and just kind of how their identity as a team has been as a whole. Um, they're trending in a good direction, but I just don't think that uh, they'll be able to get past right with you there now this is another game i think that you could put uh in your survivor pool the ravens are hosting the jaguars ravens eight and five jaguars one and twelve gardner Minshew's back i don't care the ravens are finding a way to win this one yeah baltimore's winning this one especially after the win they had on monday they're fired up they pretty much have to win out i believe to keep their playoff hopes alive or something to that extent um so they're gonna kind of look to continue down the stretch here and finish off the season on a high note and hopefully um, find their way into a wild card spot, but yeah, I uh, I think they're just they're flying too high after that shootout uh, against the Browns, and I think they win this one um, against the Jags defense that has been not spectacular. All right, I gotta get I gotta get the hot take from Jenna Harner. Was Lamar Jackson pooping or was he cramping? I think okay. Here's my rationale. It was a combination of both. I I, <laughs> I do because they he everyone said like there was the picture where he came out with the wrap on his arm and everyone's mm. like, Oh my God. Like 
you know, why do you have to ruin the fun? Someone said, don't be a party pooper. And I about <laughs> lost my mind. Um, actually, um, I think, I think it was a combination of both. I think it was a man who was on a mission, but also at the same time was like, yeah, I might as well get, you know, some fluids in my system while this is happening. Incredible. Like 2020, we needed that. We needed Twitter to come together. Like who took <laughs> Twitter might be my favorite Twitter of all time. <laughs> That was that was that was great because everyone was really trying to figure it out. I'm sorry that run he had to the to the to the locker room, that was like, mm, nah, that's the poop run, man. I, I I know that they showed the thing on his arm, like I know that run because I've run that run, and I'm just like, yeah, I was that was too much. But anyway, I wanted to get your take on that because every because I didn't get I didn't get you uh, when we were talking about that on Wednesday. All right, um, Niners Cowboys. This used to be. Like growing up, this was the 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 Steve Young versus Troy Aikman battle that was that was everyone looked forward to every year. Now it's the five and eight Niners against the four and nine Cowboys. With it, Nick Mullins against Andy Dalton. Ugh, but I'm picking the Niners because of their defense. Yeah, I think you look at the defense this year, and that's where it kind of comes down. I mean, both the quarterbacks aren't anything terrible. They're not doing things that make your eyes go, "Oh my God, this is crazy." But I, I think with San Francisco's defense, they're just more of a solid unit. This could be a game that, you know, you could flip a coin and really see who wins. But I, I think just San Francisco's a stronger team overall right now. And Dallas hasn't done much to show me that they're playoff contenders. I mean, granted, the NFC East, everybody's a playoff contender, apparently. So who knows with that division? But I, I think that San Francisco is just kind of the more, if you look at, like, complete teams in a sense right now, even with the injuries, I think they're uh, more of a solid bet than Dallas. All right. I promise you guys, we got some dicier games coming soon after this one. We got the four and nine Texans at the nine and four Colts. As much as I love Deshaun Watson, the Colts just got way too much to, to lose this game. Yeah. And I think that because they just played each other very recently and that one seemed like it was, I, I can't believe that was, that game was only what, three or four weeks ago. Like it was really close on the schedule. Um, and so, I mean, Houston showed that they were able to kind of hang around with the Colts. And at the end of the day, it just ended up being Deshaun Watson fumbling that kind of probably sealed their fate. I mean, who knows if they would have scored kind of that should have could have would have type thing. But I think Indy's defense is just too strong right now. And I think they will take a lot from that almost close game that they had a couple weeks ago and kind of come out also numbers here. All right, now here is where it gets a little bit better. We got an AFC East battle here: six and seven Patriots at the eight and five Dolphins. The Dolphins, if they win this game, it pretty much ends the Patriots. The Patriots are hanging on by a thread. Their only hope is if a com- they win this game, and then a combination of the Dolphins, the Ravens, and the Raiders all all collapse in the final weeks. Um, but if they are able to tie with the Ravens at nine and seven, they would be able to win the tiebreaker because they beat the Ravens. That's their only hope here, but they have to win this game. I don't think they do. The Dolphins are, are playing really well on defense. Their offense, it has, you know, two attack of Iloa getting, getting things going. Miles um, Gaskins hurt, but seems like two is finding the answers. I know Bill Belichick is good against rookie quarterbacks. I just don't know if it's good enough to take off these advantages. Yeah, that's my one. This is so tough for me because of the fact that Belichick is just so solid against rookie quarterbacks. His record is outrageous. And we know the Patriots aren't going to go out without a intense, you know, fight to the death battle to keep any sort of playoff hopes alive. It has been the greatest thing, though, to see on Twitter Patriots fans who aren't going to know what to do with themselves when the postseason comes and their team is not in it. That that is second right now in my book to poop joke Twitter. So <laughs> it's, uh, oh man. And ironically up to after the Ravens game with that loss or with that, yeah, with the Cleveland loss, 
the Patriots playoff hopes fell to 2%. I'm like, this is just, it writes itself. This. It writes itself. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. But uh, I think Miami has been playing well. I think we saw um, when they lost to the Broncos, a little bit of that kind of like, I don't want to say regression in a sense, but a little bit of them. They started out so hot once too, it did become the starter that it was like, okay, this is that, you know, we're coming back down to earth a little bit. I think that they have been putting things together really well. Their defense has been pretty impressive. Their special teams has been getting so much done for them. Um, so I think that this is going to be a fun one. This is going to be an intense matchup, but I think Miami comes away, like squeaks out a close one in like a wild ending. I think it, I think that's very fair. I mean, we've seen our fair share of them from between between these two teams in that stadium. Uh, that was when they uh, they had the the throw around at the end of the game, and then Rob Gronkowski couldn't catch the guy at the end. Um, I rem- I still remember watching that game. The Patriots really struggling in Miami. I think they will continue to do so. Moving along, six and seven Bears and six and seven Vikings. I don't know about either of these teams. I flip a coin, it lands heads. I pick the Bears. Yeah, I, I just I, again I. Using the logic that we used two weeks ago, that was probably ill-advised logic, but you're like, oh, Bears defense, probably solid. Khalil Mack, probably solid. Who, I, I don't know who they played, but I know it was a pretty dominant performance this past week. Um, oh, my gosh. Now I'm going to check because I like I saw the highlights and I was like, oh, yeah, this is great. The, oh, the Texans. Yeah, they absolutely dem- – it was 36-7. They absolutely demolished Houston. They didn't let Sean Watson get anything going. I'm just going on the fact that, hey, they snapped a six-game losing streak. They're going to build a little bit of momentum here. The defense was able to figure out a lot, and when you're able to shut down a guy like Deshaun Watson, I think that that gives them a lot of confidence going into this Vikings game. So I'll say the Bears. Just, but you know, again, flip a coin. Who knows? <laughs> Five and eight Lions at nine and four Titans. Titans, another team that needs to keep winning right now. They're, they're, they can feel confident because they're holding on to the AFC South, but that's only because of a tiebreaker. If they were to, if they were to drop this game and the Dolphins were to win, that would put bump them down to maybe the seventh seed, and maybe if the Ravens would bump them out even further. Um, actually, that wouldn't because they beat the, the Ravens. But still, point being, they need to keep pace right now at 9-4. and four. That is not a safe record in this AFC playoff hunt. I think that's enough to motivate them to win this game. Yeah, I think so too. And I think I, I I believe that Detroit has one of the worst rushing defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. If I'm correct, I would say don't quote me on that. But if I am, I, I'm pretty sure that's the thing. Just looking at a fantasy matchups this week. So uh, Derrick Henry is hopefully leading me to the championship. I would like to think. Cross my fingers on that. Um, but I think that uh, the Titans, again, they know what they need to do. They need to keep their hopes alive. The fact that you have Derrick Henry going against a defense that is not solid when it comes to the run, that just kind of sets up a, hey, here's the ball. Go do what you're so good at doing for Derrick Henry. And I think that the Titans come with a win here, a big one. I'm right with you there. I also have Derrick Henry on one of my teams. I got three teams in the semis right now. We're looking to go three for three, go into the championship this week. So go Derrick Henry there. Um, Seahawks at Washington nine and four at six and seven there. This is interesting because the Seahawks are an air it out team. The Washington are a no fly zone team. This could be a strength on strength matchup that could have impact a serious impact in the, in the NFC playoff race, because you got Washington, they're holding on to the top of the NFC East, but you know, Philadelphia is closing in. The giants are right behind them. Um, they need to win this game. Meanwhile, the Seahawks, they have to keep the Rams off their bats because they're both sitting at nine and four. And, um, um, you know, and you look at that situation and you're like, uh oh, that could be a serious problem. 
um, if uh, if the Seahawks fall back. And actually, the, the, the Rams are the one keeping them off their backs because the Rams got the tiebreaker. Um, and the Seahawks, they can't afford to fall too far back um, and put their playoff hopes in jeopardy. I'm going with the Seahawks because I trust Russell Wilson, but this could be an interesting game with that Washington defense. Yeah, I think this is a really interesting matchup, and Washington has been playing very well as of late, a sentence I did not think I would be saying this late in the season, but I think their defense is what does it for them, and it was interesting, I believe it was after the Steelers game, it might have been a couple days after, um, when Washington beat Pittsburgh, that we heard kind of Alex Smith talk about how, you know, he wasn't the starter. There was so much that had to gel with all of these guys and they're kind of hitting their stride at the right time. I think this is a very intriguing matchup just with, you know, um, Seattle's offense against uh, Washington's defense and vice versa. But I think that just Seattle seems like more of the complete team and more of like, we know what we're going to get from them a little bit more than I think we do know what we're going to get from Washington. Um, So I think that bodes well in their favor. And I think they're coming off the dominant win over the Jets. Um, Washington did beat San Fran though. So that was kind of interesting this past week, but I just think in terms of strength of team overall, um, I'm going to be really intrigued to see kind of Seattle, how well they do, but I think that this is a game that they win. Battle of the birds here for the four o'clock games. Eagles at Cardinals, Eagles 4, 8, and 1, Cardinals 7, and 6. The Eagles, they beat the Saints last week. Jalen Hurts said, I'm I'm the man. I just I don't know if that's going to be enough to win twice because Kyler Murray's also dangerous at quarterback. He's got better receivers. Uh, they just – uh, they they just they just had had a, def, a defense that's been get, that was getting busy on their own end. Um, I'm I'm going with the Cardinals at home here, but I am intrigued what the Eagles are putting together. Yeah, I'm really going to be interested to see what Jalen Hurts does and how he performs in his second game because sometimes it comes out like okay, you change your quarterback, it gives them that spark. Everyone's kind of hitting on all cylinders. That win against the Saints was kind of like hey. We can make a splash, but can you sustain that splash? Can they continue to show what they showed? I just, watching the Cardinals defense against the Giants was just abysmal. <laughs> as as someone who is a Giants, was born and raised a Giants fan, um, it's just, it was not, it was not great. They were able to make a lot of plays and they were able to kind of just build on their game throughout the whole game. And I think that's what Arizona does well when they get going, they kind of sustain that. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I I'm going with Arizona, but I'm going to be very intrigued to see how Jalen Hurts plays in the second game and how he kind of deals with um, some of the pressure that the Cardinals will bring. Yeah, because Asan Reddick did have five sacks in that in that game, and that was ridiculous. Um, so I, I, that's where I'm going with. I think they're going to create enough pressure on Jalen Hurts. They got athletes still on that on the defensive side of the ball. Look out for Buda Baker. Um, moving along here, this is a gimme game. Rams hosting the Jets. Are you kidding me? The Rams are going to crush them. They're 17 point favorites. Oh man. That's yeah. low balling it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm going with, uh, I'm going with LA. If you pick the Jets, I, I don't know what's wrong with you. There was actually, this was hysterical. There was an obituary. Uh, I saw that. You saw it. Yeah. Oh my God. Please read. May the, uh, may the gentleman who passed rest in peace. Um, but he did actually know which uh, DM it was. Um, it was in Newsday. Um, this man, Edward Michael Mazur, beloved husband, father, grandfather, uncle, and friend, drew his last breath on December 9th, 2020. Mainly, we suspect to avoid having to watch another Jets game. <gasps> 
that's just so disrespectful. That's, that's how you go out and you're like, you caused me so much pain and I'm going to make sure you know. Oh, my God. That's so that's, sad, though. Man. Um, so, yeah, if you're picking the Jets, I don't know what's wrong with you considering that it was, <laughs> excuse me, or it was part of this uh, this man's obituary. Clearly, they've given him a lot of pain and a lot of other people pain this season. Yeah, a lot of people pain. All right, all right, all right. Game of the week right here. Chiefs Saints. Everybody's talking about it. 12 and 1 Chiefs come to town to the Saints who just lost to the Eagles. The Saints are 10 and 3. They need to win this game to get back in the hunt for that one seed. Um, I, I think the Chiefs still win. I think the Chiefs win this game, but this could be an interesting battle because the Saints defense, I think, does have some things to slow up Kansas City. Yeah, I think that's going to be the most intriguing matchup all day. How does Patrick Mahomes adjust and fare against what New Orleans brings? Look, there was going to kind of be – you always look at teams it's like, okay, there's bound to be some sort of bad loss that they have. And I think last week the Saints checked that box, and they were like, this was a bad loss for us. I think they're going to come in. This is that perfect game for them to kind of come into and be like, hey, we have to go against you know the defending Super Bowl champs and the reigning MVP. Like that's just going to be reigning Super Bowl MVP. So that's just going to be – a really, really good matchup. I think, I don't know, I kind of want to say I think we see a shootout, but I don't know if we do. I, I It's going to be it's going to be a really, really good game. I think this is one of the games that I'm like circling on the calendar this week that I just can't sit, wait to like sit and watch. I agree with you. So wait, just to be clear, who are you picking? I'm picking Kansas City, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people expect. I think we're going to see because what, Mahomes threw three interceptions last week, was that right? Yeah, he threw three yeah. picks last week. So this is kind of for him. It's like, okay, hey, I can get back on track. Oh, wait, you have to get back on track against the Saints defense. So I think we're going to see an interesting matchup, but he's someone we've seen him adjust so well after he's had tough games like he's had, um, the very few that he's had, um, that I think it's going to be a really solid matchup. Kansas City wins, but it's a close one. I think it will be a close one. This one's Sunday night football. Before we head to our last break, Browns at Giants, 9-4 and Browns at 5-8 and Giants. Jenna, you just said you're a Giants fan. Is this one that they pull out? No. Nope. (laughs) Straight up, that was it. uh, Watching, it was funny because I didn't see like the first quarter and a half of the Browns-Titans game. So I looked at the score and I was like, oh my God. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, this is just wild. Watching the Browns this week was like, oh my goodness, they actually can put things together. I'm going to be really intrigued to see how the Browns-Steelers game at the end of the season comes, but I think Cleveland has figured some things out, and they're playing with rightful confidence with what they figured out. It feels very weird to say that, and the fact that it's like, yeah, the Browns are going to be a playoff team and an interesting playoff team to watch. Um, I think that's why this game got flexed into uh, the Sunday night spot, so I think Cleveland wins, um, but the Giants' defense has been impressing me as of late, too. I know that they might have a couple guys that they're um, that aren't going to be able to play this week, which could be a detriment to them, but I, I'm going with Cleveland. I did not think I would be able to say that definitively uh, ever. So we're, uh, <laughs> Cleveland, Cleveland looks decently solid and can put points up, and I think the Giants, um, if the offense – if um, Giants offense can't match it. Uh, it'll be a long night. Well, Jenna, we have picked the same picks all week long. There's not a single difference in all of our picks until now. I'm calling the upset special. These Giants, they've won four out of their last five. They're going to be able 
to to come into this game. The the Browns are coming to New York. The Browns are coming off that tough loss. This is when we start to see the Browns crumble because Baker Mayfield, he's going to be feeling himself still. He's going to come into this game. He's going to throw a couple picks. He's not going to know what's happening. This is a revenge game for Jabril Peppers. They're going to be getting it in. I can't believe that you're leaving your your old squad hanging like this, Jenna, but I'm going with the G-men, and the Browns are getting knocked down a peg, and it's going to be fun for Steeler Nation to watch on Sunday Night Football. I wish our listeners could see my jaw is just on the ground right now i'm you know i'm impressed i'm impressed with you taking the giants and having that much confidence in them because i joked with my friend who i sent that obituary to and i said this will be me with the giants <laughs> so <Well. laughs> uh man that's that's gonna be rough but yeah I'm, I'm going with the i just don't believe in the browns i'm sorry and, and i don't believe the giants too much either but this is where you see teams like the giants they win this game and maybe in the playoff race, the Browns, they need this game. I don't, th- these are the type of games I, I usually see them drop. So I'm going with them. That's our only difference this week. As far as I, as far as I've been keeping track of. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back. We'll go through our score predictions and talking about the Steelers Bengals game for Monday night football. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Jenna Harner of WPXI Channel 11. Jenna, it's time to talk about this Steelers game. Now, the Steelers, of course, they're 11 and 2. They're coming in. Cincinnati, 2 10 and 1. This is a game where everybody's looking at as the get right game. And I, and I feel you. I feel people, everyone that says that because I agree. This isn't about being a trap game or an easy game. This is the game where all that talk about you being soft, you can't catch the football, you're, you're losing it. Ben doesn't have an arm anymore. This is a game where they have to put so many things to bed. Yeah, no, you're you're so spot on. And I think this is that perfect game where they come in because I think last week it was kind of like, I don't know, it's one of those you don't want to admit things are a problem. You know, you're you're thinking, okay, this is a game, Sunday night football, we're on the stage, we play well with this, and then you see Deontay drop the ball, you see Eric Ebron drop the ball, you see them not establish the run game, and it's like oh man, this is deja vu kind of all over again. And I think we talked about this and I talked about this kind of all last week, but I think the injuries and the absences on defense, like having the absence of Vince was a really, really key factor in this past game. So hopefully he comes off the COVID reserve list. Hopefully they get him back for this week. Um, And kind of having that game, um, the game that Avery Williamson and Marcus Allen had kind of getting that game under their feet. But this should be, again, this is that game where it's like, okay, we can get back to what we did so well earlier this season. We can get everything out of our head in terms of, oh, are we going to drop the ball? Are we not going to be able to establish the run? Are we going to be able to march on the field? Are we going to be able to sustain drives? This is that perfect game. Cincinnati is so injured, it's ridiculous. There's, I, I pulled this up. The list of Bengals on IR, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 11 Jeez. players on IR. Geno Atkins, Tony Brown, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, DJ Reader, John Ross, Auden Tate, mm. CJ Uzuma, Trey Waynes, Jonah Williams, and Rennell Wren. It's outrageous. That's that's insane. I yes. mean, that 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 that's a lot to be dealing with. And on top of that, there's even when those guys were healthy, they still weren't playing well. No, no, 
This is a team that their offensive line has struggled to protect the quarterback. And this can be that game that the defensive front for the Steelers can really eat. They can really kind of get back to everything. Because I think when you see, it's not that neither side is confidence by any means, but you can see when the defense kind of really gets clicking, really gets going, making those big plays, the offense is going to want to do all they can to stay on the field. We're going to see angry Ben Roethlisberger. None of these guys like losing. They're, they haven't done it up to you know the last two weeks in the season. So um, this is going to be that game, I think, where we see the Steelers kind of put up points again, get back on track. I know it sounds so cliche, but it is that kind of perfect storm of a game for them where they can kind of really just get the ball rolling again and get back to what they know that they can do so well. They can use their um, plethora of weapons that they have uh, on offense, especially that receiving core, um, and get back to, you know, putting up 28 points a game. Yeah, that I agree with that. This is a chance for the, the, the passing game to get in order, the running game to get in order. The Bengals rank low in pretty much all categories, but especially the pass rush, because you look at the numbers, the Steelers, we talk about them. They've given up 11 sacks this year. That's not even one sack a game. The Bengals, 46. That's the second most in the in the league. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous! How many sacks that they how, how many sacks that they've given up this year? Um, I don't know how you function. I think it's a bigger. I was talking with James Rapine of Locked On Bengals, um, and by the way, the Steelers have forty five total, so it's like they've given up more sacks than the Steelers have gotten this year, which is insane to think about. But um, I, I was really concerned about this offensive line coming into this year. They're all they're still banged up. Um, th- like you said, this is a chance for the Steelers to eat, take away the quick passes, take away the running game, force this dude to, to drop back and throw against you. And I, I think you got a recipe of disaster that the Bengals are going to fall into. And you create those turnover opportunities. It's going to, if the offense does struggle early, you can, you give them the ball right back like that. That's going to, that could be the thing that starts to let them figure things out because then they won't sit on the uh, sideline and be frustrated for 10 minutes at a time. They'll be getting right back out there, getting executed against the team and find that confidence and then take that into their final two games, which are going to be against tough teams in the Colts and the Browns. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think this is kind of that perfect storm of a game where it's like, okay, we can get back to the basics and we can do what we've done so well for the majority of the season against a really depleted Bengals team that just, you know, is not is not solid in a lot of categories. I agree. Now, Jenna, that being said, what's your final score prediction for this game and how do you where, where do you think it breaks open? I'm going with the Steelers 28-13. Um, I think it's going to start by just a really solid first quarter drive from the Steelers. It doesn't have to be the opening drive. I know there was so much on like, oh, they can't score on the opening drive. I think that they come out, they set the tone because they know that they have to set the tone. And it's not about a pressure thing or anything, but they know, like we've heard since Sunday night, we've heard the frustration in these guys in all of them, both on the offense and the defense. We've heard just how frustrated they've been with these last couple weeks. And this is the time for them where it's like, hey, we know what to do. We can do this. We're going to get on the field and we're going to do it. So I think we see a long, sustained first quarter drive from the Steelers. They put up points. You know, Ben finds Juju in the end zone. Ben finds uh, James Washington for a nice play. Um, I don't think we're going to see as many drops. Also, I think that's something that especially, I mean, we saw Tomlin set Deontay Johnson down after that second drive in Buffalo. It's like, hey, you need to figure this out. So I think we're going to kind of see them Again, I feel like I keep saying getting back on track, but I think we're really going to see 
them give back into the swing of things um, and it just kind of continue to build from there. I think the defense um, forces some turnovers because they didn't No, they did force a turnover. Blah, blah. That's I, they, they picked Josh Allen off twice or one was a fumble. I feel like that game was so long ago, which is yeah. crazy. Um, but anyways, I think the Steelers both, you know, Cam Hayward talked about complimentary football and, you know, the defense being there for the offense, having their back, the offense being there for the defense, having each other's back. And I think we really kind of see that game from them, from both sides this season, where the defense is like, hey, we're stepping up, we're making plays. The offense is staying on the field for sustained drives, not going three and out, not punting multiple times. Um, And I think that they kind of get back in the swing of things here and everyone's like, okay, this is the team that we knew that we saw earlier this season. I'm with you. I'm going with a final score of 27 to six. I, I think that the Bengals are kept out of the end zone. Um, and uh, I mean, I, the, the Steelers, when they played the Bengals last year at home, I mean, they practically just shut everything down on them. And I think that's the kind of defensive performance you're going to see in this one. Um, you're going to see pressure. You're going to see stuff in the run. They don't even got Joe Mixon. Giovanni Bernard's not playing well. Even when Mixon was in, he wasn't playing well. Um, they got some talented receivers. That's their biggest thing is that the Steelers keep the hands up, the ball out of those guys' hands you'll be fine. And I think Joe Hayden back, that's going to make that, that, that task much easier. Um, they might get, you know, a field goal or two from good field position and, or maybe some broken big plays that get, that get eventually get tackled in the, in the open field. Um, but this is a game where I think the Steelers, they get out on top. And then I think eventually you see them start to try and get the run game going and you see a semblance of it return. And that's going to be what propels them forward into these final two games. So I'm with you. You say 28, 13, I say 27, six, too confident you know confident or you know comfy win predictions for the Steelers there Jenna thanks as always so much for having us for having us having coming on the show there we go Carter say the right words um but thanks for so much for coming on the show it's always great to have you here please let people know where they can follow you find more and find more of your work thank you for having me I always love being on and joining you on Fridays um you can follow me on Twitter at Jenna Harner 11 you can follow me on Instagram Jenna underscore Harner um catch me on double duh, WPXI I was gonna say double one same thing right uh, <laughs> WPXI channel 11 um pretty much kind of every day throughout the week we're here we're around obviously with the Christmas season and the holidays around it's gonna be a little bit of a different schedule these next couple weeks but um you can always tune in for all the Steelers Penguins Pirates all the coverage that you want and you uh, should tune in for so you can join us there thank you for having me thanks for being here jenna um she's great if you're if you're enjoying the show please subscribe to us we're on apple spotify stitcher anywhere podcasts are hosted also if you want to help out the show please leave us a five-star review doing so does uh if you leave a five-star review with a positive comment doing so gets you a shout out at the end of the show thanks so much to all those people who have done that already you can always do it again um also if you want to follow me i'm at carter critiques on twitter if you follow me i'll follow you back you can also join the Locked On Steelers Facebook group. Just go to Facebook, search Locked On Steelers, ask to join the group. There's, there's almost a thousand of us now in the group. It's getting pretty big. Um, so it's a it's a great group to talk Steelers football every every day um, with other fans and talk about what you're hearing on the show and also interact with the people who are on the show. Um, and also don't forget to subscribe to DKPittsburghSports.com where I cover both the Steelers and Pitts football and basketball teams. We also cover Steelers, Pirates, Penguins, Duquesne basketball, Penn State football, all that great stuff there. You can subscribe for just $4.99 a month. $39.99 a year. Also, if you're needing a gift for that sports fan in your life, we sell gift subscriptions. Check our website out. You can give you can give the gift of great coverage of Pittsburgh sports, and that's a great way to get an easy gift right off of, right off of your schedule for the holidays. Thanks so much for listening to the show. Be back in the ears on Monday, getting you ready for Monday Night Football.